Hello there. My name is Jeff, and welcome to episode 21 of the Game Sharks podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, the Snyder Cut. Oh my god, I can't believe they're actually coming Please. out with that. Oh, I, I want it to be so much better than Justice League actually was. So, I never actually saw the Justice League. I, I think I've seen one or two movies from the DC Universe movies, and it just doesn't interest me. didn't miss much. So, maybe... seen any of them. Maybe I'll watch uh, this Schneider cut of Justice League just for fun. Apparently, it's about four hours long. Yeah. <laughs> Which is nuts. <laughs> it's a lot I mean, of movie. Bat, I think the director's cut, his cut of Batman versus Superman is almost three hours long. Huh. Uh, and it, like, improves the movie a little. It, like, t- turns it from, like, a turd into, like... <laughs> Uh, maybe like a polished turd, <laughs> a gross meat or something. Like I don't know what's 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 not that great, but isn't as bad as a piece of poop. McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. It turns it to vomit. Maybe I don't know. Uh, uh, I guess a polished turd is is the best way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I I love the movie because it's so stupid um but that's that's what so i thought i was gonna love justice league but justice league is just bad hmm. it is just a terrible movie well I'll so i'm check out the i'm interested to see yeah i'm interested to see his his cut because i feel like it's gonna be worse but oh, in a much boy. better way okay uh, so supposedly all the actors say that they shot a lot of scenes that would make the movie actually good I'm sure they were paid a lot to say that. <laughs> um, you know, fair point. Fair point. <laughs> Wait, what? So they made a Justice League movie? <laughs> and video games! <laughs> uh, joining me is Andrew. Uh, yeah. Derek. Yeah. And Adam. Uh, hello. Welcome, gentlemen. How are we doing today? Can't, can't complain. Good, good. Uh, we got a couple emails today. Pretty light news week, so I did some cherry picking of some nothing crazy uh, headlines, but some stuff that's worth talking about. And then the main topic for the day, I didn't mention it at the end of last uh, week's episode because we didn't really decide till after last week's episode. But we are doing our book club talk on Outer Wilds, which is the game we picked probably about what four or five, six weeks ago at this point. Yeah, I think so. We've been sitting on it for a while. So Yeah, I've only actually had it for two. Thank you, Epic Games. <laughs> you and your Final Fantasy VII Platinum ass. Hey, I did it, and it all paid off. You sure did. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about that. But let's go back and loop around, and we're going to start, as we always do, with emails. And the first email is from none other than Dan Santos. <laughs> he said, It's so funny that you can just say none other than and it's still a toss-up. <laughs> right? He said, What's up, Game Sharks? Another great episode. I'm reminded that scary games scare me. I looked up Bloodborne and... Nope. <laughs> Dead Space freaked me out way back then, and it still does today. I was looking to start playing some more retro games that I missed out on. The company that made Golden Sun, Camelot, had a whole series on the Sega consoles up to up to the Saturn. It was called Sh- the Shining series. The title of Golden Sun was probably a nod to them and has a very similar aesthetic to its GBA cousin. They're still making installments of the series, 
but they're very different styles. Shining Force 3 looks a lot like Jeff's perfect game that he talked about last episode. It's like Golden Sun meets Fire Emblem. It's give. I'm going to be giving it a try pretty soon. Speaking about old games, have you heard of the Atari VSC? It's a Linux-based console that will play emulated Atari games, but also PC games. There were some updates the, the last few, within the last few months, and it's looking promising. I know the big three consoles have their hooks in, but it might be nice to see a new contender. Hashtag Steve2Dan. That's T-O-O. <laughs> um, so after he sent this and I read it, I actually looked up Shining Force, uh, specifically Shining Force 3. Uh, it's very highly reviewed. Five out of five on well, the ones that pop up on Google are eBay and GameStop. Five out of five on both. There's 92% like via Google users. Um, so those are just baselines, obviously. But looking at screenshots for it, he's not wrong where it looks like Golden Sun meets Fire Emblem. So I might just check this out and play it. Maybe it's secretly my favorite video game of all time, and I don't know. It looks cool. Um, so thank you for that heads up, Dan. I, I've heard of the Shining Force games, but I've had no I one I didn't know it was made by Camelot and two uh I knew nothing about it so thank you for pointing out for me and I'm going to look into it at some point and I'm very excited about it uh as for the Atari VSC I have heard of it I'm aware of it do you guys know anything about this nope. never heard of it Derek I I remembered hearing about it like a year or two ago but then like didn't hear anything for a while yeah, they keep bringing it up randomly and talking about it. I, I don't see it being much of a very big deal. It's definitely not going to be a contender for the for Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo. There's just no way. Uh, yeah, it's going to emulate older Atari games, but it's going to be able to play some PC games. It's not going to be an insanely powerful machine. The whole thing they're going for is the Atari nostalgia, which tends to be an older grouping of people. The, the machine has hardwood on it and it looks like the uh, 2600 i believe um so yeah i just everything that i've heard about it i don't expect it to be any sort of big thing it's gonna be i'm thinking it's gonna be more like the ouya than anything else which kind of was hyped up it was there wasn't that run on linux as well i i think so yeah yeah was it it might have been android based you're right it might have been an android based thing um but regardless i'm yes thinking it's, it was yep it's gonna be a similar type situation uh but who knows maybe this could come out and surprise and maybe they'll make a console exclusive for it someone will that'll want to push sales for it i know um what was the cast towerfall was an ouya exclusive and that game was mm-hmm. amazing and then they just ended up bringing it to was it really yeah it was an ouya exclusive at first and uh oh my god but once the ouya went under they brought it to everything else so yeah, yeah it's been on my radar i have no interest in it personally but i'm just like following the story of it but um, yeah sounds like something your dad would like yeah <laughs> to point it out to him this seems like something like a parent would accidentally buy because they're like, yeah, I had a I had an Atari back when I was, you know, like negative three uh, <laughs> and like all, you know, this is super cool. And then like their kid will be like, oh, my God, this is so dumb. And then they'll figure out like, oh, I can I can play Fortnite on here if I just install Windows <laughs> 10. Oh, OK. And then that's what it'll become, you know, it'll become the coolest way to play Fortnite. You're not a real Fortnite yeah. play, night player if you're not playing on an Atari uh, fight stick. VCS. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, and then and then Skyrim will get its way on there. Oh, absolutely. Of course. It probably already is on there. Oh, that's true. I mean, it, it's a really interesting concept to me that you can install Windows. It says any OS, but you could pretend, you could install Windows 10 on it and then play like Steam games. So that that concept is kind of cool to me that it's like, hey, we have this dedicated Atari library, and then also you can you know, put uh, an operating system on here, which the PS3 could do that. Mm. The PS3, you could put Linux on. Um, and you, I, I don't think, obviously back then, not a lot of games ran on Linux, but uh, that it was like, it, like a lot of people bought PS3s because, well, not like five people bought PS3s because of Linux, like that you could put Linux on it. So... I'm interested to see. I'm sure people are going to create like little, almost emulator hacks with with this console. Yeah, I'm wondering if it'll just turn into a really cool emulation machine. Yeah, but I think the big issue is it's probably going to be overpriced when it comes out. I feel like yeah, it's going to be ambitious and be like everyone's going to want this, and they're going to people are going to see it'll probably be like a three hundred dollar price tag or something, and people will be like, oh no thanks. Um, I'll buy one for $25 after it dies. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, once it becomes a, basically just another Raspberry Pi. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Who knows? Uh, thank you for the email, Dan. We're going to move on to our other email. This one is from... Steve. 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 It's Steve. He said, hello, yeah. everyone. You will all be excited to know I have exhausted my football video game trivia. All other video game trivia will come from via Google or DuckDuckGo. I don't know what that is. So don't expect any more trivia from me. So no more trivia from Steve. He goes on to say, I would assume it's quite obvious by now, but I'm a huge sports fan. It seems really odd to me that the sports networks are discovering, in quotations, esports and do not even mention it. What I think of as the biggest esports, such as League of Legends, Super Smash, and CSGO. Do you guys Uh... have... Not so much CSGO anymore, but do you guys have any thoughts? Not so much Smash. Yeah, that too. Do you guys have Uh, any thoughts as to why you think the mainstream media ignores these games? I don't think networks like ESPN are only talking about sports games because they have referenced Fortnite and COD. ESPN also had an awful broadcast of League of Legends, but none of the personalities mentioned it, almost as if it didn't exist. Could this have something to do with the deals or contracts with YouTube and Twitch? Or maybe some executives think people won't like to watch different video games. Seems weird with the success of League of Legends. As Jeff and Andrew already know, I've been playing a decent amount of League of Legends, and I might be a competent player one day. Best, Steve. Three words, Steve. Middle-aged white men. Is middle-aged one word? Is it hyphenated? Middle-aged is hyphenated. Okay, we'll count I it. thought about it. Don't worry. <laughs> uh yeah uh yeah i feel like the average there yeah, people are just so old-fashioned and in their roots that it's gonna be a while before we see esports really really like take the precedent in the mainstream media i think it's kind of part of that conversation that we had uh probably a couple months ago at this point when we were talking about just viewership numbers i think once that generation of people that are still holding on to baseball finally start to get really old and die off and that and like more people watch video games than traditional sports that's when i think we'll start to see it become way more mainstream i think it's still such a new thing that people who don't understand it aren't willing 
to put in the effort to try to understand it. They just kind of write yeah. it off. It's like, oh, yeah, they're just playing video games. Uh, it's still so fresh. I mean, esports, what, a little over a decade o- old uh, with like, yeah. some of the big ones like Melee and StarCraft. Um, maybe like two decades Yeah, they've been ago. around forever. StarCraft was like the original esport. Yeah. And then so, Melee has always been grassroots and com- really hasn't been super popular until the last five years. Compared to football, which just had its 100th season. Like, oh, yeah. How popular was football in its, I don't know, league is just... League is going into season 10 with its third of being like a reg or eighth, seventh as just being like a, a yearly two split kind of thing. So how is the NFL looking at eight year seven? You know, was it huge? I don't know. That's an actual question. Um, so maybe you can look into that for me, Steve, because I probably won't. But yeah, that's my guess is like it's going to take a good while be longer a while, yeah. before I think the people who have no concept of it either start to finally accept it or just die off and a younger group who grew up with esports will take over and make it more of a mainstream thing. Yeah. I feel like esports is is about to go through the same thing that I feel like anime is going through right now where like the people who liked anime and got made fun of for watching anime in like the late 90s early 2000s now have had kids and have introduced introduced them you know to anime and like uh, so it's like blowing up kind of you know it's yeah. way more in the mainstream i mean also like video games in general i feel like you could even clump like video games into this but yeah like in in 10 10 years 10 15 years i'm sure esports will be even huger because like us who have like grown up with esports now you know in our late later part of our youth to early adulthood now are like you know that's something we might share with our our kids and stuff like that you know my kids are going to be cloud nine fans <laughs> through and through <laughs> they'll betray me and be tsm fans yeah um like once someone uh, once you know you're you get old you get to a point where once you're introduced to something new you say that's not the thing i know so then you you just cast you cast it out you know yeah. my dad was the same way about a lot of stuff that i did growing up uh, and even the people uh, in the mainstream media for in traditional sports, like Rick Fox, who are you know really big supporters of the esports scene, uh, a lot of them are there mostly from a financial standpoint. Like a lot of basketball teams have stakes Ooh. in, in esports, you know. Yeah, definitely. but like if you, there's a couple of videos online of Rick Fox on talk shows trying to like spread the word of esports and how it's going to take off and it's going to be huge, and they're just berating him about how ridiculous of a concept it is to them for people playing video games to be seen as professional athletes. Oh yeah. They, everyone always mocked him and laughed at just the yeah, idea. Of it's it. so hard to watch. Yeah. It sucks. But and, uh, like we were saying, 10, 20 years in the future, yeah. I think it'll be as big as just conventional sports. It's, it's just going to be a part of everything. It'll be on TV as much as regular sports. Um, Definitely. Cool. Thank you, Steve. And also thank you again, Dan, for sending us those emails. We really appreciate it. If you want to send us an email, those are some really good discussion topics. I really enjoyed that. If you want to contribute to our discussion, send us an email at GameSharksPodcast at Yahoo.com. All right. Let's move on to some news things. And we'll start this first one off. This one, Steve, I pulled this one just for you. Thanks for listening. Um, Did you hear that they had a Madden championship tournament and the winner won without playing a quarterback or throwing a single pass. Oh yeah. I think I did hear something about that. Huh? He won $65,000 and didn't play a quarterback. 
He won the he won the final match seventeen to zero. So his whole strategy was it was a salary based draft. So what he did is he spent all of his money on a very good defense and some overpowering offensive players, and he put a kicker in his center spot. And yeah, his defense was so good apparently that no one could score. And then he would just run the ball and score touchdowns. And apparently, wow. apparently he's out there trying to like make a case to be like, hey. Uh, maybe football teams, actual football teams, should take this into consideration and try to play a game without a quarterback. That's not how that works. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you're starting to see it with with uh, quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson uh, becoming popular, who he's who a big run runner. the ball. Yeah, who run the ball a lot. So that you know, some some teams are experimenting with with the roles. Uh, yeah. But obviously not as much as, hey, let's just get rid of our quarterback. Yeah, just don't have a quarterback. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was a very interesting uh, story. It was just really funny because it's just one of those instances of someone not cheating, but like gaming the system a bit and like mm-hmm. outsmarting everyone else. And it's really it's really funny to watch. Um, so, yeah, that was for you, Steve. There's your your football talk for the week. So Jeff, I don't. Did you read into that article any further? Uh, that's all I ever saw about it. Okay, so I I, uh, I I did look into it a little more, and I guess the guy who did win, um, dedicated the his win, uh, or to the tournament itself to uh, his friend who died in that Madden shooting, uh, oh, like a year shit. or two ago. Oh, yeah. Well, well, that's nice. I'm, yeah, that. That was a shitty moment in history when that happened. <laughs> um, yeah, that was like what two years ago now. Yeah, I, th- I think it was two years ago. Yeah, that sucked. Um, but that's really cool that he did that, and it stands out even more now. Because if he, yeah, if he didn't win in the way that he did, you wouldn't even be hearing about it. So, uh, all right. My brother texted me, host of the <laughs> uh, co-host of the What Did We Miss podcast. And he pointed out to me this news that uh, I missed. It just came out a couple hours ago. The new trailer for the movie Tenet, which is Christopher Nolan's new big movie, is premiering in Fortnite tonight. Wait, what? I'm sorry? It's going to be like one of the concerts that they did. Who's the the real what's his name Uh, they they did the marshmallow that was like the first big one so apparently travis scott i think was yeah travis scott here's the recent one uh yeah so apparently it's gonna be that thing where there's just like a big inflatable screen at a certain location and if you're in a game it starts at the top of every hour at five so if you're just in a game you can go to the screen and watch this trailer or you can do what normal humans would do and just load up youtube and watch the trailer um I don't know That's if a... it's a limited time. Like it's, you're only going to see it in Fortnite, but yeah, That's weird a choice. Strange marketing move. I don't. I wouldn't think the Fortnite player base would be the uh, market for uh, a Christopher Nolan film trailer. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like uh, the the Star Wars thing, I get. Yeah, kids kids love Star Wars, so yeah, put Palpatine in there, but. This yeah. uh, what's the average Fortnite player's age? Probably uh, I'm like gonna nine. Yeah, you guys want to you guys want to place bets? Oh yeah! All right, Let's everyone, everyone, sure tell me it. what they think. I'm gonna go with fourteen. Okay, Derek. Eleven. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with nine. 
All right. The average age seems to be, let me look up. I just Googled it, looking at some charts. That is literally a bar graph with no words on it. They're just <laughs> bars. Um, oh, I'm not getting a single age. It says 63% are between 18 and 24. Okay. That's older than I would have thought. Okay. Yeah, that's older. So that would definitely bring the average up towards low high teens. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know. Me, the more I read into this, the more it doesn't I'm not finding any useful information. <laughs> um so yeah, it's like high teens, like people towards the end of high school, early college. Um So yeah, I I agree. I don't know necessarily if those are going to be the same demographics that they're looking to well that yeah now i don't know now that you say that i feel like the that age range 18 to to 24 probably watched inception as their first christopher nolan movie you know love the dark knight uh so now now maybe maybe it, it was a good choice maybe i mean we'll see it doesn't hurt for sure we're talking about it my brother right. is aware of it like movie buffs are gonna hear about it regardless and then it will it's gonna millions of people are just gonna see it because they'll be playing the game and then all of a sudden this is just gonna happen right right um i mean i'll probably watch a youtube video of someone watching the trailer in Fortnite. so there you go (laughs) it's doing its job it's getting the word out there so yeah 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 i mean Um, we're talking about it we sure are it's kind of weird me how more and more things are popping up in Fortnite as like pure advertisement Mm, yeah i don't know how i feel about it because it's in a way cool to me that a video game is being used in such a way but it's also Fortnite. yeah i mean we've had this discussion before like just because we don't like Fortnite doesn't mean yeah no 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 it's really good and i know but it's such things it's still it's such a weird ground to tread because there's so many memes surrounding oh Fortnite is you know this big meme of a game and it's like you have that big group of people, kind of like we were saying earlier with how uh, middle-aged white men will never accept esports, is that it's like the new thing and we're old and jaded. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Except, like, yeah. Fortnite's not that good of a game. <laughs> I, I think it's actually a really, really good, well-designed game. I just don't like it. I think what it's doing, it succeeds in, and it's quick to steal and adapt ideas from other games and make it work in their game. Uh, oh, like League of Legends. <laughs> but I personally <laughs> just don't like what it's doing. But yeah, that's my my take on yeah. it. But yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I have mixed fe- I have mixed feelings about it. It's cool, mm. but also, huh. but also it's Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Derek pointed out to us today that there was a big Valorant announcement, and what it was is that the game is launching at the beginning of June. So let's see, that's about two Oof. weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, launching yeah. in two just weeks. about two weeks, uh, June second. So yeah. yeah, like from from what you guys have been telling me about this, I think I'm gonna have to try it out when it's actually available. Yeah, it's gonna be free, so there's no reason not to download it, play a couple games with us. We've been playing a bunch lately. Uh, we've been doing really well as a team. Tcon and Dante, who have both been on the show, and Derek and I were playing the other day. We crushing it, playing really well. That's good stuff. Um, yeah, it might be might be something to talk about if all four of us play it. Yeah, it'll be really fun. We should do a, a podcast, uh, full a podcast cast. play. Yeah, <laughs> where it's just all of us. Then we, yeah, that'll be really fun. 
Uh, a couple other things they announced about the game is it's going to start with the 10 agents that were in the beta, and then there will be a new one very soon after launch. There's going to be a new map very soon after launch. The thumbnail for the video where they announced Thank the launch God. date is uh, is what the new map is, and it kind of looks like Venice. There's a river with the gondola boats and some small brick bridges going over ah, it. That's all they really show. It's a very small Venezia. picture. So that'll be cool. And then there's going to be a new game mode at launch. I don't know if that's going to be a deathmatch type thing. They didn't really say, but that's cool. Definitely variety is always good. I personally really like the, uh, the plant the bomb game mode that's already in there. So I'll probably just continue to play that, but it'll be interesting to see what they end up having as the other game mode. The, the way they talked about it in the, in the short stream made it seem like, <clears throat> It's it was kind of like going to be a kind of more chill mode, uh, shorter, not you know, not forty yeah. minute matches. Um, something that it, like the way he they were describing it, like yeah, something you might pop in real quick if you're waiting for a friend to finish up a match or or to take a breather or something like that. So oh, cool. uh, I kind of yeah, I'm interested in that. And they did say uh, in the live stream that there's going to be eleven characters at launch. Yeah, with a twelfth coming a few weeks after. Ah, see, the thing I'm reading right here says mm. 10 and then one soon so, after launch. So maybe so they, I guess that's wrong. Yeah, because they, they said they said they, they had planned for 12, but one of the characters ended up, I think they hit some bugs, so it's not going to be ready for uh, June 2nd. So mm. they're going to launch with one extra character, which they said might be busted. I, you know, they, yeah. I, I loves to hype up their new characters, I feel like. Um, and then, yeah, so a couple weeks after that, the second one, the 12th one should launch. Cool. Um, uh, I was just reading some comments on the Reddit page about it and they, apparently they did confirm it's not team deathmatch as the other new, uh, <clears throat> yeah. which is cool. 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 Yeah. So we're hyped on Valorant. We've been enjoying it a lot. So we'll probably keep talking about it as news comes out for it. Last thing I want to talk about, uh, Call of Duty 2020 is going to be called <laughs> Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Oh, uh, okay. Actually, I don't even think it's going to be called Call of Duty. I think it's just Black Ops Cold War. And it's another Black Ops game, and it's returning to the Black Ops historical setting. Obviously, this one would take place during the Cold War. Anyone have any thoughts on that? I know, Derek, you're our nope. biggest Call of Duty guy. Yeah, so... All, all I've heard about this game is it's troubling development. <laughs> uh, I, I guess it was supposed to... So they have three devs now doing Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's since... I think the first one was Advanced Warfare that that Sledgehammer Games did. Yeah. That was when... Uh, so they've done, I think, Advanced Warfare and then World War II. Um but I guess so. They were developing this. This was supposed to be theirs, their game, and they were doing a Cold War setting. Um, but I guess some things aren't going well. So they're now just focusing on the campaign. And Treyarch was brought in to do the multiplayer. So gotcha. this and Treyarch is usually the ones who do the Black Ops games, right? Right, right. That's why I think they added on this Black Ops the name name uh but yeah th with how well received modern warfare is i think this game's gonna bomb <laughs> yeah you think it's gonna kind of take a bad turn 
it's gonna sell a lot i'm sure it's yeah, still gonna sell it's but it's the not top gonna game of the year it's it's not going to have the lifespan that i think modern warfare uh ha- like i could see people buying this game and jumping back into modern warfare just because modern warfare is really good and really po- it's the best call of duty and you know since call of duty modern warfare <laughs> Uh, so what, are there any historic uh, or call of duties historically where it was poorly received and everyone went back to the previous game has that happened before uh yeah i think ghosts i think ghosts was ghosts, not yeah. well received and, and then, so people went back to modern warfare 3 it was modern warfare 3 or okay. no it was oh, black ops 2 yeah okay that's yeah black ops 2 hmm okay yeah um i have a co-worker who's very into call of duty and he was telling me that he's heard things about uh them continuing to support what's the current one modern warfare it's modern warfare yeah specifically for the battle royale mode uh, Warzone. that they're mm-hmm. they're not gonna bring uh battle royale mode to this new one if you're gonna want to play that it's still gonna be in modern warfare I don't know how true that is, but it would make sense because they're putting a lot into it. And if you're doing a free, they made that free to play too. I never bought Call of Duty Modern Warfare and I was playing the Battle Royale mode. So if they want to keep their player base, I think it's smarter to keep supporting that as opposed to just doing a new one every single year. Yeah, I I wouldn't doubt if we we end up seeing sort of uh like the warzone get updated every year like have a big update every year that based on the new game where so maybe with with call of duty black ops world war three whatever they call it uh like a new map will drop in warzone and it'll be based on that game mm, um that would make and sense I, like i feel like I, I think they all use the same engine so it would make sense that they'd be able to kind of work together to or you know, like hand off Warzone and say, okay, here, put your assets and uh, map in the game, and you know we'll keep it updated. So yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, interesting stuff. I mean, this is always the time of the year that we start hearing rumors about Call of Duty. There's usually announcement right at E3. I'm pretty sure every year, or at or around E3. So it's about that time where we're going to start learning about it. So I'm sure more will come over the coming weeks and months for sure. We know. It'll I think. <laughs> always does i was gonna say i i think sony still has like the the exclusivity rights so i'm sure our first view of call of duty will be when they do some kind of game showcase for the ps5 yeah i can see it but i could also are you are you positive that they still have it because i could see xbox doing everything they can to try to get it on their side uh i yeah i think sony signed like a pretty good deal with activision like two years ago okay because uh, xbox didn't want it anymore i think yeah that's right because okay, that was when around when phil spencer took over and i think that they like they stopped spending money on those things to focus on first party studios hmm. i think you're right all right yeah i mean we'll definitely see something about it in the coming months for sure all right, that's all I had for news. Did you guys have anything that I missed that you wanted to bring up? Uh, no. Particular. No, no. Yeah, nothing. All right. Nope. Cool. Um, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back yes. and talk about what we've been playing. I got an Ooh. emergency poop. See ya. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> okay, we'll be All back. All right. Okay, we have returned. Andrew is back from his emergency. <laughs> um, what have you guys been playing lately? Derek, why don't you go first? Um, so I am still playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Origins. Cool. Um, I'm really... It's. I didn't even realize. I think I put over 40 hours in already wow that's all yeah i mean i've been playing it for like two two hours probably almost every day so that makes sense i've had it you know for a couple weeks like two weeks now um yeah i don't know it just it's like scratching an itch i guess for me like i haven't played like uh you know an rp open world rpg like this in a while so it's like making me like want to go replay retry and play the witcher for the first time or like i'm like thinking like oh do i want to dive right into odyssey after this or do i want to like maybe try to play something else on it you know um but it's it's pretty good and the story it helps that uh one bayek the main character is like pretty interesting he's got a pretty interesting story um the story is like decently engaging the the side quests some of them are stupid and just like fetch quests but some of them actually like kind of you know, give you like give you some background into his character and um, kind of like the you know the the world of ancient Egypt. Uh, so I, I've been enjoying it a lot. Um, I've been playing a lot of Valorant uh, with you. I think we you know, played with Andrew. I, mm-hmm. I'm still really liking that. Really looking forward to the launch. Yeah, me too. Um, Excited for one a new map that isn't split and oh, God, I hate split so much. We play on split four times in a row. I yeah, that's the it's one with the, the ropes. Yeah, the, one with uh, the ropes. The, yeah, and like the middle oh, part. Yeah, yep. and then uh, so today, yeah, right. Today, today's the twentieth. Um, Today, Amazon's Crucible, free-to-play Crucible game launched. Ah, uh, yeah, I forgot that was today. Did you play it? Uh, oh, I tried my best to play it. Ooh, what is that? Uh, so, it took me... So, the first... I down, I installed it. I went to play a game, and it crashed. Oh. I was like, okay, that's weird. All right, I'll try again. Almost got into the tutorial. It crashed. Hmm. Uh, so then I deleted it because I was like, screw this. But then I was like, well, let me Google the crash. Maybe it was just because they had just released an update. So maybe it was that. And I saw that, um, you can just do like a verify on Steam to, and it'll like pull in the last gig of files it misses or something like that. So I reinstalled it, did that. It worked. I got into a game and then it just wasn't fun. All of of that for no payoff. Yeah. I just, I, I played a, I didn't even play the full match because I was just like, "This, I am not enjoying any of this." So what? What about it? Didn't you like? Did you not like how it felt? Did you not like what you were trying to accomplish? Like what that gameplay actually was? Yeah. So it's it's styled like Overwatch, where each character has their own like abilities and play style. Obviously, it's it's a third person shooter. Uh, so like yeah, everyone kind of has like a you know an auto attack kind of thing you know 
a, either a gun or some someone has like flamethrowers or something like that. Some people have like a shotgun. So that's how you like mainly do damage. And then everyone has, I think, like three or four abilities. And um, so they take a thing from like League where you level up through the match. So you don't start off completely uh, like kitted out. You mm. you like abilities get better throughout the match. So we um, initially we co- collectively agreed that that sounded interesting. Yeah, so yeah, that's I was like, okay, this is interesting. Before you get into a match, there's like specific little skills you can click on so so it like paths you're leveling up. So I like was like, okay, this is kind of cool. But then I so I got in, I was like, all right, I played the the most interesting mode to me, which was the PvPvE mode. So there's like three modes. One's like just like a capture the flag mode, not capture like capture the point mode. One is uh a battle royale mode in squads which i don't like i think ever we all were like yeah that one doesn't sound very fun yeah and then there's the the alpha mode or i can't remember what it's called but where it's like you face off against another team and you're trying to capture hearts so it's like the, it's but it's a pvpve mode where there's like monsters and stuff going around so i did that you like drop in with a team of four and you like start doing it and it's just like the PvP isn't interesting because there's just nothing interesting about fighting the other team. I found it's mm-hmm. just like okay, let me just shoot everybody, and let me oh maybe I'll use an ability. Like there's no, it didn't seem like there's really synergy between characters. Like a team comp didn't really matter. Okay. Um, and then the PVE part is just so uninteresting and bland. Um, and like I feel like that was the part that needed to be good to like pull me in, uh, and it just like every all the monsters that you kill just they're just like kind of there, they don't really fight back, <laughs> so you're just like walking around and you start shooting them and it's like okay, that gives you this essence thing which is used to level up and it was just like th- the gameplay loop just wasn't there. Uh, hmm. I I don't know I I like immediately was thinking comparing it to destiny's uh gambit mode which is their pvpve mode which it's like a pretty clear uh loop like you kill the enemies they drop uh moats you put the moats in a bank and then it drops enemies on like harder enemies on your opponent's side so that they have to so they can't bank it like locks so it like locks things out and then there's like the invading for um you invade the other team's side to like kill them to make you know slow them down and so there's like immediately you're like you can jump into a game without knowing what the hell's going on and you can kind of grasp like okay that guy picked up those things and put them there okay oh sometimes a bat like a guy from the other team comes over okay this all makes sense but this game you just like jump in you're like uh i guess i'll follow this guy maybe he knows what he's doing like there was no clear way to tell what's going on like at some point it tells you you can hit the control button to like do a scan but i i didn't know what the hell that did (laughs) do you think that will all come in time just with playing the game though do you think that it was just a learning curve like the first time you ever jump into league of legends you have no idea what's going on the tutorial tells you to build thorn mail on ash which you would never like do you think it's kind of like that and like once you start to understand the point of the game and how to play it it'll become more enjoyable or do you think there's just not enough here where it's not even worth trying yeah i i think i just there is there wasn't anything there to make me want to try to learn the game okay like 
the the gameplay the 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 loop like i didn't i didn't finish the map because i just got bored I, I was like i'm just walking around killing things like my teammates are way over somewhere else doing stuff like i don't even know where I, I encountered the enemy like twice and i have no idea like what the purpose of anything is and like doing anything with my character like shooting trying to kill the other team trying to complete objectives which just wasn't fun okay so I, maybe some people have fun with this game. I it just definitely was not for me. Um, you said today's the first day that it was out, right? Yeah. So it, there was like early access. I did I did watch like a little bit of a some whatever streamers I could find that were streaming it uh, yesterday to kind of get some interest. But even then, it was just like I don't really know what's what this game is. <laughs> I don't really get this game. Mm. All right, I'm gonna so. do some research on it. I think over the upcoming week and get a gauge of it from your yeah. your perspective of it uh and how much you seem to dislike it and how much we as a collective are liking valorant i think i'm no longer even gonna attempt to touch this game yeah right when, uh, that's a, like yeah. i'm not gonna try to juggle two fps's at the same time and if this one is n- not good at all which it makes it sound like uh which you're making it sound like is the case and like i said we are all really enjoying valorant for the most part uh, right yeah. Right. It just doesn't even seem worth the download at this point. Yeah, it's like why put effort into a team-based game when we're already enjoying one already that you know, like Yeah. That is good. Yeah, that is good. It is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right. I I encourage any of our listeners to give it a shot and I mean it's free, right? And yeah. tell me I'm wrong and it actually is fun. And convinced me to try it again, but I immediately de- uninstalled it and removed it from my Steam library. <laughs> Fair. I mean, they can uh, download it and not crash. Yeah. Yeah, right? All right. Well, that's a solid update. And that's one of those things where you hear it and you're like, okay, that makes my decision for me. <laughs> Anything else you can play? Nope. That was, those, those were it. Those were it. All right. What about you, Andrew? I know Assassin's you're also on Creed yeah. two. You're also on the Assassin's Creed train. <laughs> yeah. Uh I'm probably like seventy five, eighty percent of the way through it. Nice. Um I know there's like twelve or so memory sequences and I'm on I just finished nine. So um yeah, uh I'm enjoying it way more than one. <laughs> it's just like everything about it is still so much better. Yeah. Um the story, the characters, the setting, the mechanics, the gameplay, everything is just a notch above. And I am very much anticipating, but also dreading writing my review for it because there's so much more. Mm. It means I have to cover a lot more. So hoping to get that out before Xenoblade. Which is next out, weekend? Which is next a week, week from uh, next Friday. Yeah. Uh... So, Good luck. Were you planning so, on playing that, Derek? No, but you're going to finish two right when you have another game you're highly looking forward to come out. That's going to be tough. I think yeah. he's looking to not only finish it, but write his article before then. So, But I, I guess I'm I'm just... Two, two and, and Brotherhood, it's, it's going to be hard not to want to play Brotherhood right away. <laughs> oh, dude, I keep... I'm thinking, like, constantly about how much I want to play the future games in the series. Like, even, like, 
you know, three, four revelations. Uh, even like I don't know anything about Rogue or Syndicate, so I'm really looking forward to those. Even though I'm pretty sure they're not great, but uh, I don't. Otherwise, I don't know anything about them. So like, I just I was gonna say, looking forward to it. The best thing I've heard about Rogue, I think, is the character. Uh, I think Shay. I think he's like kind of interesting. And then Syndicate. All I know is that people really like the the main characters of Syndicate. Hmm. Um, but those yeah. I I avoided from four like anything after four up until Origins I avoided. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea about a lot of the series, which is why I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, I've been enjoying two so far. Uh, not trying to go super in depth on my thoughts because I will post an article about it eventually. Cool. Um, other than that, uh, literally nothing. So. All right, Assassin's Creed two. Adam, yep. what about you? Uh, so this week I uh, played a little bit of actual League of Legends for the first time in a few weeks. Nice. I had a friend who just downloaded it with some of his friends, so I actually managed to get into a five stack, which is kind of fun. Cool. I got a full team for once. Uh, played some Deep Rock Galactic. That's been fun. You guys uh, played that one or heard about it? I think you and Derek were talking about it one time. That's the one with the dwarves, right? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Your dwarves in space. But it's nice. like it just came out a few weeks ago, like full release. So there's just all this extra stuff to do now, and they just kept fleshing out the game and everything. Mm. It's like there's four different classes. So I've just been playing with friends, trying to get the hang of each one. You can unlock new guns as you go, new abilities. But like in true dwarf fashion, there's like a gimmick in like the hub area before all the missions where you can uh, upgrade your beer license and get all these other kinds of like beers that do weird things <laughs> okay okay they have no impact on the game whatsoever well actually no if you drink too many of the beers before a mission your character will be visibly drunk during the mission and then your like screen will actually be wobbly hmm. but one, so, of, one of the one of the beers honest to god it makes you explode is like <laughs> is there any benefits to exploding no but it, like it's it's so fun to watch because you drink it you start exploding, but it also launches you clear across the hub for like 20 seconds. Well, all right then. <laughs> so, what kind so of game is it? It's a shooter, kind of. Like your your job is each time you you're on this alien planet, right? And each time you take up a mission, there's something different. Like mine X amount of this, find 10 of that, go repair an old ship that crashed here. But it's a shooter too, because it's full of these like alien insectoid creatures that are always trying to swarm you and overpower you so you're a miner in space who's kitted out with some serious weaponry is it okay. it's almost dungeon crawly right when you land on the planet it's all about kind of infiltrating and collecting the yeah, the yeah gems, it's kind of precious gems and minerals and stuff yeah it's not so much dungeony but you have to use your map you have to dig in the right spot you have to set things up yeah so. it's it's yeah they're not necessarily dungeons but it's that kind of general idea where you're in an enclosed location and you're exploring and you're gathering resources and you're like right that's kind of what it is yeah exactly so your mission is you know do this do that then get back to your ship to get out okay so like almost real-time strategy mm -mm. Like, uh, not really because you're controlling a single character in first person yeah. or rts's are like more like a god perspective and you're controlling an army yeah, but I kind of like it because unlike a lot of other shooters, it's fully co-op. Like, you're not fighting against your friends. You're all working towards the same goal. Hmm. So, like, you have these different classes. Fun. Like, yeah, like the engineer class has a gun that actually shoots platforms. 
for other people to stand on. Wait, it's I, like that's something I can get behind. <laughs> so yeah, like the the engineer class, it's the one I have the most levels in. Your main weapon is a shotgun. Then you have a grenade launcher. Okay, I'm out. No, I can't do shotguns. Well, there's other weapons too. Okay, but, uh, you can you get them later. So He's I back just, in. I, I'm back in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like the engineer's main thing is he's got a gun that shoots platforms and then the scout has a grappling hook gun so then you can say oh the thing we need is on that wall with no visible way to get to it so engineer plants a platform scout just grapple hooks up there mm. so it's a lot about making sure you're working as a team to get the objective done all right that's something it's, cool. it's been fun i don't think it's it's not crazy expensive uh it wasn't when i bought it but it might have been on sale all right solid it's pretty fun. Other than that, I'm currently downloading The Witcher Three because it's on sale for fifteen bucks. Hey, let me know. I'm it. very, I'm excited to know what you think of it. Uh, when I tried to play it, I was very overwhelmed and I fell off of it because I felt overwhelmed. So I'm curious to think if to see if you can really get your teeth into it and really have it, uh, it get its grasps in you and you know, you oh, get yeah, obsessed we'll, with we'll it. See. We'll see. I've been wanting to play it for a while, so. Uh... Grabbing it, grabbing it and all the DLC for 16 bucks total with tax added on is not a bad deal. No, that's a steal. So it's currently downloading. And let's see, how, how far am I? I'm currently at 28%. This is going to take a while. Eh, that's all right. It's been going since about when we started. Uh, playing anything else? Uh, Not particularly. Just the one we're going to talk about later. Cool. So I want to get into that. All right. Uh, I guess I'll go. I'm last up. I've been really getting into Persona 5 Royal. I, yeah. I'm starting to really see the appeal. Yeah. I changed the background of my phone finally away from Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, the probably number one thing about Persona 5 is the style this game has. Yeah, hands down. Hello. It's, it's really, really cool. I like all the sharp edges and the bright colors. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fun. And I'm really liking all the characters. I'm uh about to finish the first dungeon and yeah i'm just really enjoying it the combat's cool i'm looking forward to learning more getting new characters uh i heard you slowly unlock new mechanics basically throughout the first 60 hours of the game yeah (laughs) i'm i think i'm about 17 18 hours in so i'm i'm cruising along it's yeah i'm really enjoying it it's fun i think it's starting to get me uh Yeah, so expect weekly updates on Persona 5 and my potential more and more love for it as I go. Hell yeah. Looking cool, Joker. Uh, Andrew has officially come back to work. He got rehired after being laid off. Uh, And so that means the important thing is we're back to playing Smash Bros. every day at lunch. Uh (laughs) Nice. We used to do that. Uh, we used to do that every day before the pandemic happened, and then he unfortunately got laid off, and now he's back though. So yeah, we're back to doing that, and it's fun, and it's going pretty well so far. He's he's frustrated at me because I'm good, which is uh, <laughs> the biggest compliment. I've been kicking his butt the, uh, the last couple. Opposite days. of what usually happens. Yeah, I'm on top right now. It's an ebb and flow. You were with Ultimate. You were on top for the first year. So of the game. long. And then I kind of rose up and overtook you. And then ever since then, it's been like a back and forth of one of us dominating the other. It's very rare that we are equal and really going toe to toe, going to game five. Every game's last hit, last stock. Uh, so, yeah. It's true. It's fun to get back into the swing of playing Smash at a pretty high level. 
So we'll see. Maybe in a <laughs> pretty high, high level. High level, he says. High level for us, at least <laughs> in our friend group. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll see how long it takes us to just full on hate each other and not play for a month. Cause that... Well, as long as you don't pick Ness. Okay. Uh, the one other game that I've been playing, which I don't think I've told any of you that I've been playing it, uh, came out on Oculus Quest for the first time. It's Tetris Effect. And let me tell you, that is that is Tetris, man. Oh. <laughs> so you don't say. It's so it's just Tetris. It's there's nothing crazy about it. There's a new mechanic where you can kind of freeze time uh and any bar that you clear, any line you clear goes to the bottom. And then so you can just keep clearing lines. So and so obviously the best that you can do is clear what is it four lines at once and that's called a tetris uh but yeah yeah you can so you can clear four lines and it all goes to the bottom but then if you had another you set it up so you can instantly clear another four lines uh i forgot that what they call it but like there's a deca dectris like something like that there's like words for more than four uh i think i forgot is it the dodeca tet dodeca i don't know i'm just saying nonsense now octus might be eight Octress. Anyways, it's really cool. That's the whole that's the whole new mechanic. But what really is amazing is how immersive it is. And the sound is what really pushes it over the edge as being an experience because each stage kind of has a theme. You can have a desert theme or a forest theme or an underwater theme or just like a chorus theme, like a choir. And whenever you either move a piece or rotate a piece or drop a piece down or clear a line that is what is creating this the music and it ah. it's crazy because you it blends it in so well that at first you don't realize that you're creating the music when you first start playing but as you get it you're like oh man my moves are enhancing this whole experience i can't i can't fully explain how truly amazing it is you would just have to play it and experience it yourself. Uh, I play, so there's a story mode and each, like there'll be a set of levels, like anywhere from four to six. And usually I'll do about one of those sets a day and I'm just kind of chipping away at the, the story and it's just so relaxing. And some levels will, you'll start really fast and the music will be really fast. And after you, so the goal is to clear a certain amount of lines. I think it's always like 36 or so. But once you say you clear, 10 lines while it's going really fast and the music changes a little bit and it slows down or vice versa. You start off slow and then you get to a point and then everything changes. It gets fast. It's just really relaxing and soothing. And it's, I don't think I've ever been more focused on a single thing in my life than when I'm playing Tetris effect. It just engrosses you because you're in the VR headset. You can't see anything else. And I usually play with headphones on it. Recommends that when you start the game up that you play with headphones on. Uh, so I can't hear anything else. I like my life in that moment is just Tetris and it's this pure, beautiful moment. I don't know how to explain it. You'll have so to try what you're it saying out. Is it really makes you feel like Tetris. Exactly. <laughs> I've never embodied Tetris more than playing Tetris effect. It's, it's really fun. I like Tetris as a game. I've always loved Tetris. So just playing it to this level, becoming Tetris is really fun. 
uh, <laughs> becoming Tetris. Yeah, uh, it's really really great. Tetris. Uh, I'll definitely once uh, we're farther away from this pandemic and it's acceptable to let someone put on a VR headset that you have recently worn without being afraid <laughs> of being infected by a virus. Uh, I will let you guys try it. It's definitely. Uh, life changing might be too much but it's definitely perspective changing and it's an experience that's where i'll end on that is okay. it's a really okay. cool experience i don't know how you feel about tetris as a whole like does tetris have any meaning to you do you like it as a game or are you indifferent to it i am bad at it that, that's not the point it's <laughs> it's about just loving the game i just man. needed i just needed to be known okay <laughs> So yeah, uh, I've been playing Tetris Effect, and that's been really, really fun. And uh, pulling out the Oculus Quest, I like reopened Beat Saber and playing that. That's always a hoot. I love me some Beat Saber. But other than that, that's about it for me. Valorant, like you were saying, Derek. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Cool. Okay. You're making me want to buy an Oculus. <laughs> you should, because there's enough good stuff on there, especially the quest where you don't need to be tethered to a PC or anything. As long as you have an area to stand up, it's worth it. It's what VR needs to be for it to be a mainstream success, where it's just detached, a headset you just throw on, and it just works. Yeah. It's, oh, man. They restocked them recently. I'm just saying. They're uh, already sold out again. Are they? Oh, no. Yeah. I, uh, I like... the the They have the the higher gigabit version still, but Ah, um, okay. I mean, it might be worth it. Just saying. It might. Uh, oh, yeah. One last thing before we move on. Uh, Allison decided that she was bored with her Animal Crossing island, and she just kind of started tearing it to shreds with the terraforming tool. And she was just like, I don't... I, I ruined the island. And I was like, okay. I guess go start a new one she said okay so she deleted our saves i personally didn't care because i hadn't played it since march uh and she started a new island oh god so in that moment i decided we need to buy a second switch because you've been playing this game for two months straight and we are going on vacation in a, almost exactly two months and if you're gonna still be playing this game we need two switches to go on vacation because i'm gonna be playing paper mario the whole time um, so yeah, I'm in the market for a Switch. If anyone sees them in stock anywhere, please let me know because they are very hard to find right now. And I need are one you in the next two months. Committed to a regular Switch, or have you looked into the Switch lights at all? I do not want a Switch light. She she originally she was into the idea of it, but then realized she likes hooking it up to the TV too much, and yeah, it's like, yeah, because yeah, you can find Switch lights for sure. I think they're still pretty well in stock in most places it's just the regular switch that's hard to come by and my intentions were to buy a new switch and i would give her the new one i'd keep the old one and then she pointed out to me why would you do that why wouldn't you just take the bright night the nice brand yeah. new one and give me the one that i have slowly destroyed over the last two months because <laughs> it's got all sorts of dings and scratches on it now so i was like oh yeah that's a good idea so i will be taking the new switch with the extended battery life and no scratches on it um so yeah everybody keep an eye out for switches for me please i need one i was gonna wait until i was gonna wait until they announced a new model but it's not an option anymore so we'll see all right 
let's take another break because when we come back we're gonna start talking everything about our video game club <laughs> game outer wilds and i think it's gonna be a doozy so let's uh take a small let's break empty our bladders mentally prepare and yeah we'll be back to talk about that all right All right, everybody, who's ready to talk about this game from our video game book club, The Outer Wilds? Yeah, yes, let's do it. I am so ready. I am so ready, too. So I want to open this up by playing a song for you guys. I think it's... Um, hang on, let me make sure I get to the right tab here. It's embodies this game in its entirety more so than anything else uh i it it's a good place for us to start this conversation because it sets the tone for what this game is i feel so um if you all want to tune in uh, to my screen and give it a listen are you guys ready yeah let's do it all right So I don't know about you guys, but <sighs> that's so, that it just makes me so happy. I instantly yeah, smile I, and I just kind of let my <laughs> eyes and my brain wander to the stars. And that's kind of the whole point of this game. Um, honestly, like, go ahead, Adam. Thought when I turned on the game was, wow, that's some really chill music. Yeah, it's it's almost cheery campfire last of us because it's got that southern banjo twang to it uh and it's giving me similar vibes but like in its skeleton into that but it's in practice i think it's so much more than that it's so so this game for those of you who don't know it's outer wilds and it's a 3d space exploration game uh, basically what you're doing is you start off on a planet as this alien and the whole culture is all about space travel and it's a big big ritual for you to uh the day before your first space launch to spend a night under the stars outside by a campfire and then you go off to explore the galaxy um or you, yeah your solar system so that's kind of the gist of this game and then the things you discover while you're out in the solar system become so much bigger than that and we'll get into all that i'm sure as we discuss it but that's the basic premise of the game so this music does such a good job of both embodying that campfire like bring a guitar to a campfire music while also having that invoking that sense of wonder and exploration in you all at the same time I don't, man yeah it just makes me so happy and excited i love listening to this song i'll take naps to this like and just have this song on an hour loop and oh man it just yeah, makes I, me I just 
so happy. Oh, sorry. I just checked the entire soundtracks on Spotify for this game. Yeah, when I the it's first really time I played this game, I uh, I played it for a couple hours and I went to Alice and my wife and was like, "You need to listen to some of these songs because I think you'll really dig it." And she, she was like, "Oh wow, this is really really cool." So first off, right out the bat, the music in this game is incredible. Oh, absolutely! It's uh, could easily be in my top video game soundtracks of all time. Oh, I, I bet it'll creep its way up there for me once I give it a couple more listens. Yeah, it's so it's fantastic for sure. Yeah. Um. So how do we want to start this? Do we want to kind of talk about the game and our personal exploration in in the game and what we found and kind of where the story ends up going? Do we want to talk about um? I don't know. How we feel I, about it as a whole. What do we think? What's the best place to start here? The first question I want to ask, because we didn't actually figure out before we started recording, is Adam, did you end up beating it? I, I'm just shy. I know I'm like super, super close. Ah. I didn't have enough time over the next last couple of days to finish it up entirely. I, I, okay. I found the vessel. Nice. So like I am super close. Yeah, I I let him know that he's we're gonna probably spoil the end of the game for him. He's okay. Which with is that. which he's is good. totally fine by me because I'm so close. If I was like still like only an hour in, I probably wouldn't be here. But um, like I think let's go around and everybody just kind of say their general feelings about the game. Maybe give a couple minutes of just how it made them feel, what they thought of it as a whole uh what their experience was like before we we dive into kind of like That's bits and pieces right. and spoilers and such yeah just like your general experience with it okay. and your thoughts and then because i think once we get into spoilers and story stuff it's going to kind of be a snowball that we're going to lose control of very quickly so <laughs> so let's get our our general thoughts out of the way first let's start with you derek oh boy uh yeah so i, I didn't i knew i knew very very little about this game going in i knew that it was space exploration base and i knew that i knew that there was some kind of mechanic that was special to it um that made it separated it apart from but i didn't know it was this game so you know we talked we talked you know you, you played that that clip of of the opening minutes or the opening uh the opening title theme and so when i booted that up i was like oh whoa like it gave me this vibe that i didn't think this game was i thought this was going to be like a kind of like metroidvania planet you know plant you go to planet to planet trying to like i thought it was a metroidvania (laughs) but where, but instead, it was like in space, and you were traveling to planets and stuff. Uh, so when, like, immediately hearing this music, I was like, "Okay, no, this this game is very different." And then you boot the game up, and it's like, "No, this this is this is a this game is an experience." Mm, that is a very um, good way of putting it. The so have you guys played? Uh, any other walking simulators? I've played. Um, uh, what was the one? The blue-haired girl named Alex Oxenfree. I played that. Oxenfree. Okay. Which is it's not quite like this, but it's pretty much that you're exploring. One was like a two D point and click 
thing, right? Yeah, almost. Yeah, you're just kind of walking ar- along, experiencing the story, interacting with a couple puzzles here and there. Um, that's the closest that I've played to that genre. So I would recommend if you ever have uh, time or you ever see it on sale uh, is to play Firewatch. Uh, I, I have Firewatch heard very is really good. good. Things about it's Firewatch. on my Switch wish list. Yeah, so I this game immediately reminded me of, of Firewatch, and um, Firewatch was one of my favorite like hidden gem indie games that I that I've played. It's it's short. It's a walking simulator. Like, and what I mean by walking simulator is most of the game is walking around. The gameplay isn't centered on like normal you know gameplay standards like solving puzzles or uh you know beating bad guys getting you know there's no really any action a lot of it is just walking around maybe follow maybe looking for some clues you know following a map uh which this game is like outer wilds is the furthest you can push a walking simulator before it but doesn't become a walking simulator anymore um like you know, the, the the gameplay in this game is very very simplistic. It's you, but you complex know, at the same time. But yes, but but complex. Uh, yeah, I I really 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 like this game. It made me think about like things. Um, I like I don't. It's, it's hard to uh to explain without like diving into yeah okay (laughs) spoilers but yeah i mean this game it made me think it made me think about the game and what the game was trying to to like portray to me and and uh you know it's trying to tell like a little a little story to you and kind of get you feeling and it it does a really good job i mean i you know we talked about the music the music does a really good job of of giving you this sense of wonder of exploration uh at times sense of danger or uh you know that you're um something is coming and you don't might not know what it is and uh yeah i wish i could erase this game from my memory and play it again it is absolutely one of those games where the first experience it's all about that first experience you yeah second and third playthroughs will never be the same it's um, similar to Breath of the Wild in that manner, where in my mind, I will never enjoy Breath of the Wild as much as I did my first playthrough, because it's all about exploring the world and discovering all of its secrets, and that's what this game right. is built around. Uh, so I, I think this, I thought this game had permadeath at one point. Um, so uh, without giving any spoilers, uh, so there was a point in this game where I was, uh, thinking. Oh, I am so excited to play this again hmm. and do it right or something. Um, and was a little disappointed to find out that there actually isn't permadeath. <laughs> uh, but we can go on to that uh, a little more later. But yeah, I I really like this game. Uh, I recommend anyone who has any interest in this game stop listening and go play it before finishing listening this episode. Yeah, that's a big precursor. If you have any thoughts of wanting to play this game like this game is an experience so if you have any interest or desire um based on our high recommendations alone just out the gate before we get into any spoiler type things definitely go play it and enjoy it and experience it and then come back and listen to the rest of this and kind of have your mind blown by the conversation that we're gonna 
that's going yeah. to proceed here. Um, Andrew, the whole, the whole uh, I think, enjoyment of this game is the crux of it is not knowing. Exactly. And I warned you guys before we pulled out the hat because I've read that plenty of places online. Is Do not read anything about this game. Just go in and play it and experience it. Um, I, I kind of... Sorry. Go ahead. I, I kind of think one of the best things about it is like, yeah, the whole point of not knowing, like this game does not have like an opening narration scroll. It doesn't have a, this is your mission segment. It just kind of puts you into the world and just through the dialogue of the other characters, you just start figuring out like, you kind of get a sense of what's going on, but then you're like, oh, I want to go there because you just said something about it. So it just kind of, the plot is completely unknown until you know it. Yeah, curiosity like in, a, in a weird way. Curiosity is the driving force of this game. It's all about wanting uh, to go out and know yes. more and and seeking out information on your own. It, uh, it's seeing that planet on the outer rim and saying, "I want to go there," and then getting there and having your like mind blown as to what the hell is going on here. <laughs> Andrew, give me your general overall thoughts on it. So. Uh, I knew absolutely nothing about this going in. If I recall correctly, um, when I'd first mentioned it as a game to potentially throw in, you were pretty apprehensive about it. You're like, I don't know if I want to play that. Yeah, game. I mean, it was never something that really jumped out to me. I didn't really get it. Uh, I didn't know anything about it. Uh, but it never really seemed like the kind of game that that I would uh, get into. Uh, I've want to say i've played something similar before but i can't place it right now um but yeah so i didn't know anything going in uh and at first i didn't get it i was kind of walking around like okay this is this is kind of cool i guess you know walking around on the starting planet uh you know to begin i wasn't really uh doing much i was sticking around for a little while but then the more i played it the more i was like oh man this is i want to figure shit out now i want to like go out so the more like the more and more that i played it the more hooked i was and uh the more i fell in love with it um and then you know it's just like it's one of those things where i think i've explored something so much and then i find something new and like mm -hmm. or like i'm still missing puzzle pieces the way that this game handles uh the exploration um is just is is superb uh if it, the way i like to describe it is that it's a galaxy-sized escape room mm. oh yeah that's good wow that's very good yeah yeah didn't um, think of it like that but yeah that works yeah it's just and i love escape rooms don't get me wrong uh but yeah it's just like it's that figuring out the puzzle and putting the pieces together and you it feels like you have all the information but you're just trying to connect the dots and it's that it, it's that sense of wonder and mystery that exists throughout the whole thing uh i really really enjoyed it adam what do you think i fell in love with this this is just it's simultaneously one of the most relaxing games i've played in a while and also one of the most interesting just for its whole premise because i can't really it, it's so unique in what it attempts and kind of like what i was saying before uh like there's no guiding you into it that you, you start the game and you wake up and just the dialogue and like there's nothing guiding you. you're just wandering around until you're talking to the right people and you just kind of figure out what your what your character is and then you just kind of go from there and i think that's something that uh, hasn't been done a lot 
and I encourage it to be done more because it's just so engaging in that way. Mm, definitely. Uh, so my thoughts, I've put a lot of thought into this. I love this game a lot. <laughs> like, a real lot. I love this game, but I do not like playing it. And that's... Oh. I kind of feel a little similar. That's not necessarily a knock against it. This is a personal preference thing. Um, so we're going to start getting... We'll go forward here and start talking about story things and kind of the mechanics of the, how the whole game works. Um, the reason I don't like playing it is because I don't like time loop games. Uh, historically, really? Majora's Mask has always been a game that I I want to play, but every time that I start it, I hit the second or third time that you reset time, and I'm just out mm-hmm. because it's like I the the monotony and the repetitiveness of having to redo a lot of the small things to get back to the big things. It just gives me both this weird anxiety and frustration that I just, I just, I, I don't know. I can't handle it. It's very weird to me. Yeah. Um, I love Majora's Mask. So that's, that's the thing is I love this game and it works because it's a time loop. And so I ended up not beating the game myself. I ended up, uh, we'll get more into what this means later, but I got to, I solved all the stuff about the quantum moon thinking that was going to be the end of the game. And it wasn't. So then I attempted to do the next steps and I failed a couple times in a row. And I was more interested in learning than taking the time to execute correctly. So I just went yeah, and like watched sitting through the process. I went and watched the end of the game and watching other people play this game is my favorite way to experience it personally. Uh, yeah. Because okay. I kind of felt a similar way. I, so like I got to a certain point, I think, like you said, Jeff, um, I got to a point, I probably played for like 20 hours, I want to say. But I got to a point where I was like bashing my head against a wall, trying to figure out what the next step is, like where the missing pieces are. Hmm. And I just couldn't find anything. So I was like, okay, I feel pretty satisfied with what I've accomplished so far. So I looked up the ending and then I was like, oh my God, there are, there is so much I still haven't found and like figured out. Yeah. There's, there's a lot here. Yeah. Um, And, and that just like, it, really puts into into perspective like everything uh that's so special about this game and how much is packed into this seemingly small you know universe yeah so my big thing is this game has to do with time loops and black holes and interdimensional travel and you know wormholes and stuff like that and that stuff that story stuff wouldn't work without the time loop mechanic and I love what it's doing story-wise and mechanics-wise. I just personally don't like playing that. So, like I was saying, watching someone play this and, like, watching someone who knows how to play this so it's not someone just banging their head against the wall, like, someone elegantly going through that knows what they're doing to unveil it as the story was so intriguing and amazing to me. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I did a large chunk of it on my own. I was probably similar to you, Andrew, where I played about 20 hours and I was... I was all for it until I started getting to the parts where I was banging my head against the wall and I would go somewhere and I had to be somewhere at a very specific time during the time loop. Yeah. Uh, And it's just like, I don't want to sit in this spot for 10 minutes to wait for the sand on this planet to lower to a point where I can go into this building. (laughs) Or I got to this uh, place and the sand was at a certain level so I couldn't go into this place and I'd have to restart the time loop and get there. Like, I just don't like dealing with that personally, but the concept of it is amazing in my mind. Yeah. 
It's like it's the same reason that I love Majora's Mask is because everything is it's it's like you like I'm, it's so hard to describe. Uh, it's just like everything happens at a specific time, and it's learning when to do what and how everything. It's like Groundhog Day, where everything will always happen at a given moment, uh, mm-hmm. and it's like it's all working in tandem with one another. But you could be anywhere. So one of the big things with this game is there's no upgrades. You don't get a bigger yeah. oxygen tank. You don't get more rocket fuel. You don't get new abilities. The only thing you learn in this game is knowledge. So technically, you could beat the game on the first. Actually, I think it has to technically be the second run because I don't think the time loop starts until you after the first run. Um, but you can, yeah, you I go ahead. I would say so. I, yeah, I watched a speed run, and I also they purpose, speed run. yeah, they purposely kill themselves be, right in the beginning of the game to start the like the time the loops. time loops. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, but like you could beat it on the second run if you know all of the information that you learn later on. Uh, yeah. By by just exploring. Um. All right. So, who feels the most confident about? story stuff and kind of wants to guide us through kind of the general of what happens and what you discover as you explore uh, i I'm, I'm a moderate amount yeah of, uh, of understanding i've been doing a lot of research i found a really cool youtube series by a guy named i think he calls himself like the lore master or something like that uh oh. i can i can see he's got like a seven part series each one's about 10 to 15 minutes long of him really breaking down the entire game and everything that you find. Uh, so if you're interested, I can send that your way later. And I was watching those, but I think uh, I could kind of more so be a filler on things as we go along than someone to steer the conversation. So if you want to give it a shot, Andrew. Um, so or I have a quick question. Okay, question. Yeah. So where did you guys get stuck and is that more of a i, I guess are those is it later enough in the game that we want to talk about it later or uh, uh no we can talk about it now quickly so my big banging my head against the moment was i never naturally went into um not brittle hollow uh what's the, the dark bramble yeah i never naturally went in there i tried several times got eaten by the anglerfish every time yep. uh thought i had to go in the anglerfish because that's where the uh, the sound was coming from uh, that I was following with my scope thing. Mm-hmm. And I just eventually gave up. And then finding out later that I had to go back there uh, to finish the game, and I just couldn't do it. There was like several steps along the way of like the final sequence to beating the game that I just couldn't. Yeah. Like, and it was frustrating because you have to do it in a very specific order. So if you screw up once on the second out of four or five things, you have to go back to the first thing. And then if you screw up on the fourth thing, you have to go back to the first thing. It's like, that's where I was starting to be like, okay, I know what I need to do. And the amount of time that it I have to redo if I have an error isn't worth it in my mind. And I'd rather just watch someone do it correctly. Yeah. So I uh, had gotten the warp core on the Ash Twin project. Um, uh, and then... I was attempting to carry that to the vessel, and I couldn't, so I stopped. <laughs> okay. Uh, but the one of the coolest parts for me was after looking it up is like I didn't even find the quantum moon. Uh see the quant. See, like, I thought like, the quantum. I didn't moon, even get there. I would thought the quantum moon was huh. like, the end all be all. So once I like figured out all the stuff about the quantum 
rules and finding yeah. and like getting on the tower and moving it to the northernmost part of the planet and then yeah i figured all that out i thought i was a mega genius and yeah then... like i figured out a lot of the quantum mechanics stuff like i beat the, the tower of quantum knowledge on giant steep and then i was like ah oh, sick but then i felt like there was nothing after that <laughs> yeah um so yeah once i got to the end of the quantum moon and then i realized that there's more to do and like the only way to get off the quantum moon is to die and restart oh, really? the loop yeah like once you're there that's it like huh. you, you you're there till the end of the loop uh oh, okay and there's there's so when you get there there's someone that you talk to and yeah, if yeah, you yeah. don't finish talking to them and the loop ends you have to do all the stuff over again to get back to the quantum moon. and it took me another 15 minutes to go back and like finish up the conversation oh uh, yeah that's when i was just kind of frustrated with me personally with time loops but again that's what makes the game work and why it's so amazing uh it's just my personal frustration and feeling uh like i'm wasting my time even though it's weird i both do and don't feel that way it's just a personal thing for yeah. me. yeah so did you guys figure out that not going fast in the dark bramble makes you not yes attract the i knew that it's okay not... but it was just it was like a matter of executing that yeah. that was yeah, the yeah, issue yeah. Okay, it's not okay. about not going fast it's about not using your boosters so when you activate right, the right. boosters on your ship it attracts because the angler fish are blind so they can only hear you which they can only do if you activate your boosters so mm-hmm. i think i was like i had to make micro adjustments and i just happened to make a micro adjustment slightly too long and yeah like, and then you get eaten yeah, yeah. yeah. i, I like, watched the speed run just like fly right past them though yeah they come yeah. in real hot um so yeah i guess andrew take it away with kind of like where <laughs> this game starts and oh, what man. the general yeah let's get let's get some context which is what we just talked oh, about we just said a lot of words <laughs> yeah a lot of bullshit uh that doesn't make any sense um so you play as an alien and you're part of uh, unnamed alien race Right? No, the, uh, the Harthians. Yeah, they're is that, the Harthians. That, okay, the Harthians. I never really, I never got that. Um, mm-hmm. But so you and you guys exist on the Timber Hearth, which is a planet, uh, kind of woodsy, like the campfire guitar vibe uh, gives off. Um, and so you guys are all about space exploration. And hidden around the world is the ancient transcripts of a lost civilization known as the Nomai. And these Nomai are freaking geniuses. They're yes. like, and so as you discover throughout the game, these Nomai were researching quantum mechanics and like quantum laws and figuring out like how they can convert that into energy for themselves to like advance their civilization. So this first. But they just, dis- they destroyed the universe instead. <laughs> so this group of Nomai in particular, that's in your solar system, yeah. uh, Apparently, every so many years, the Nomai, they're like a nomadic tribe. <laughs> I get it, Nomai, nomads. They, huh. they were, they like have a big convergence of all of the Nomai to like have a big science space meeting. And they got this particular group that uh, you find scattered throughout your solar system uh, got a signal while they're on their way there to something that they refer to as uh, something that is older than the universe itself. Yeah, and being scientific nomads, they were like, "We have to study this." Uh, so they went, yep. and then their ship had a problem, and kind of, uh, it's had some sort of malfunction. They launched three escape pods, and then scattered across the solar system. Keep in mind, this is two hundred thousand years before 
uh, our character is exists and like living in the world. Yes. Um. So as you're exploring, all of the nomai that you find are either like dead in their spacesuits, floating in space, or just bones on planets that you find yep. throughout your solar system. So they went extinct. And basically yeah. what you're doing is you're kind of, yeah, like you said, Andrew, you're reading all these transcripts and like their notes about the galaxy and whatnot and figuring out what kind of happened to them. Cause your interest is initially piqued by like, what are these, these writings of these ancient people? Oh, we have to go back because before you leave the first planet, there's a statue there's of a, a statue. Yep. Yes. And as you're about to leave, it looks at you and opens its eyes and it shows you all of your memories, like everything you saw in the game uh, up until uh, you had seen the statue. Uh, and that's when this time loop begins. So uh, you explore yes. the world and a time goes by and eventually what you see is the sun explodes and kills you. Yep. And then you wake up at the beginning of the game again next to the campfire right before you take your first trip. And you're like, wait a sec. But like, at, when you die, you see all of your memories from your past trip. So it's yeah, it's you're just like, wait, what just happened? As the first time playing this, uh, so uh, yeah, Andrew, you can continue just kind of explain what you find as you start to ex- explore the stars, and because like now you're confused, like why am I stuck in a time loop? What were the Nomai doing? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, what were they doing? So yeah, they were uh, they were researching uh, quantum mechanics. They found the um, what they called what like not quantum stone, but like the quantum material or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it has it has quantum properties which are which don't make sense in any laws except for this game. Uh, and it's basically like has to do with observation and teleportation and whatever so like they'll teleport away when nothing is directly observing them whether it's the hum the player or like a camera for example mm-hmm. uh and so then they start you know figuring out stuff with black holes and white holes and black holes work a little bit differently in this game's universe and instead of being this like inescapable gravity hole it's a uh it's more of like a it's a, a wormhole. wormhole yeah yeah uh, and so the entry points are black holes, but the exit points are white holes. And so after thorough experimentation, the Nomai figure out that uh, you can exist outside of a white hole before you enter a black hole. Yeah. So there was like a time dilation. I think the first time they yes. experienced it, it was like fractions of a second that they yeah. noticed. And, but then being the scientist bitches that they are, uh, decide, oh, we're going to see how long we can get this. Uh, how long we can uh, expand the uh, the time that um, that you can exist outside of a white hole, uh, and so eventually they end up getting it to be 22 minutes, which, by the way, is the amount of time that the loop takes place in. Correct. Um, there's a cool Easter egg the first time, so you end up discovering throughout this whole game. You're discovering dead Nomai, Nomai ships, Nomai civilizations. Yeah, all this like cool ancient structures. Writings. Yeah, spaceships and whatnot. And there's one uh, location. It's a lab where they're you. They were working on the black hole, white hole, wormhole technology. Um, mm-hmm. And you can kind of experiment for yourself. You can take out a black hole core and a white hole core, stick them in the yep. wall on this thing. Did you know? Did Did I, you get that ending? No, I saw it online. I didn't personally get it. I got it. So if you uh, 
you put the white hole and the black hole so that they exist next to each other and shoot your scout, which is like this camera that you can shoot and constantly take pictures to kind of scout things out. Uh, if you shoot it through the black hole and have it come out of the white hole and then remove the white hole core or remove the black hole core yeah. before the scout goes through the black hole, the game starts to freak out. And there's these black vines that almost look like it's coming from the dark bramble that start to shoot out of your scout. The one you sent uh, that came out of the white hole and Mm -hmm. the whole world kind of starts to corrupt and you get a game over screen that says you destroyed space time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because this object exists twice and will never not exist twice. So you basically Mm -hmm. destroy the fabric of space time and that you get a game over. Which is fucking awesome. Yeah, it was I so love cool. I love when there's hidden endings like that in games. Like another game that does that is Nier Automata. Yeah, there's like 26 different endings in that game. Huh. Uh, there's another instance of a cool ending like that where if you remove the warp core, which is something we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, and then you die, instead of the time loop starting over, you just get a screen that says you died. Yeah, because that, I think, that's I think what powers that, the time. That also loop. happened to me. Um, no, that right. definitely happened to me because I ha- I was stuck after removing the warp core. All right, so white holes and black holes, and we're kind of experimenting. So what what did the Nomai kind of learn? What were they their goal here? Because they had like a greater goal, right? Uh, I don't know. That's all I got. So from what I could tell, the Nomai's greater goal was to seek out the the eye of the universe. Which uh, was oh, what, yeah, right, right. which is what they called the thing that was older than the universe itself, um, and they programmed this whole uh, time loop system, and they created so they created the statue, obviously, which so you're not traveling back in time. It's not actually a time loop. What's right. happening is every 22 minutes, when the sun explodes, the Nomai created this system where either it will send the memories of whoever is connected to this statue. So in your case, it's your main character. They will send the memories back in time. So, you know, them in the instance of them finding the center of the universe or the sun exploding. And so when they were creating this, uh, what they were trying to do was, I think they were trying to intentionally blow up the sun to help them find the center of the universe. Right. Right. They they knew that the only way to power the Ash Twin project, which is the um, the it, it, which is the statues that record memories, mm-hmm. was to have the, the, like the only thing powerful enough was was a supernova, and they were trying to create something as powerful, but they couldn't they couldn't do it. Yes, that's right. Okay, so, so- I. Uh, I think so. The big thing I, th- I think that we skipped over uh, that I think is kind of important is so you guys mentioned that like they're a nomadic tribe that's going from like that has their big conglomerate, but the big reason that they were meeting this time was because they were sensing that the universe was ending because all the stars started going supernova, yeah, and so the the place that they were meeting was one of the last known systems that the star was relatively stable. Ah, okay. Gotcha. I know that they say that the, the nomads that are in your solar system, it's the first group of nomads to ever go missing from like their, 
no no my in the history of their race has ever like lost contact with the rest of them and that was this group um and another important thing that we missed is you figure out what ended up killing them actually there's a comet in the game called the interloper and throughout the game you run into this stuff called ghost matter that if you cut too close to it it kills you um inside the the comet uh there was a couple nomai who were exploring the comet and it flew too close to the sun and parts of the core of the comet melted releasing this ghost matter which is this material from some other solar system some other part of the universe uh and it caused this cosmic event that killed all the nomai instantly so throughout the game you visit all these planets and you see just nomai skeletons laying in their beds there's uh, there's a school where all their skeletons at their desks in, yeah. and like one at like a, the equivalent of a whiteboard where they're like scribing things out and it's really dark and you're just wondering what happened when you slowly learn that there was this cla- cataclysmic event that just wiped them all out instantly. And the only, this is, this blew my mind. Uh, the ghost matter doesn't have effect on aquatic, uh, like things in the water. So that's why, things the only living things you see are the anglerfish and the hearthians which uh ev- apparently evolved from water they're like water type creatures uh, yeah they're like little tadpole kind of things yeah so that's why your race survived and they evolved two hundred thousand years later and can now explore the stars and you're starting to find the remnants and the story of the nomai oh man this yeah. game it's crazy it does some stuff um yeah so basically what ends up happening is you learn all about these quantum mechanics like Andrew you were saying uh um stuff about whether objects can be seen if they're observed by something they will stay in place but as soon as you look away uh it will disappear and uh you can track them around the uh the solar system and you go to the quantum moon which uh you learn through all the readings of the nomai that it's this very sacred pilgrimage location for the Nomai because learning about quantum uh, mechanics and travel is very important to them. And they believe that the quantum moon is very strongly connected to the eye of the universe. So eventually after learning, and you can do this because on your... The, the secret sixth location. Yes. yes. So you can do this on your second run, like we said, but it, if you're playing it for the first time, it's almost impossible that you're actually going to stumble upon this because you need to learn the knowledge of how all the quantum mechanics work in the universe you end up going to the quantum moon and you find a living nomai there and you converse with this nomai and she kind of tells you uh everything that she knows about the quantum moon and the eye of the universe and all this stuff and then you find out that the quantum moon it's natively because it jumps around from planet to planet that's the whole point of it being quantum but its native planet appears to or its native solar body appears to be what the center of the universe what everyone is looking for is um and you learn that the nomai found out how to get to the center of the universe right before they all died um and so you need to grab the power source what's it called the core the warp core the warp core, core which is what's powering the time loop uh this is this powerful thing that they ended up discovering i guess we need to say that yeah, so there's the supernova. Basically, it's the end of the universe and time at the end of the time loop. Because what triggered your memories going back 22 minutes in time is the fact that... Because remember, I said there were two things that trigger it. If they found the center of the universe or if um, 
if the sun explodes. And so just so happens 200,000 years later after these guys went extinct, the sun is exploding and it's the end of the universe. So that's what's causing your memories to go back 22 minutes in time and allowing you to do this. So your goal eventually becomes try to figure out how to stop the sun from exploding and the universe from ending. So you learn a whole bunch of stuff and you end up finding the warp core and going back to the original vessel that the Nomai came in and you learn the coordinates. The Nomai ended up actually learning the coordinates right before they went all extinct to where the center of the universe is. So you punch those into their warp uh, or into the ship, which is called the vessel, and you go to the center of the universe. Uh, it's this... and that's where things get trippy. Yeah. So I don't even know how to begin to explain this. Uh, <sighs> I really can't be explained. I don't think. So like, so it's really a whole up for interpretation thing. Uh, go ahead, Derek. Tell me what so you think. I I'm the only one that actually got did this right you i personally did not do it i watched yeah someone do so it I, I i it. i beat the game okay uh like yeah i i i did get through it all and i still don't completely understand it but it is really interesting while it's happening yes so the gist of what happens is you end up uh you're in the center of the universe. It seems to be devoid of space and time. You are, yeah. it's, it's this very trippy dreamlike experience. Um, and you slowly start to run into and collect around a campfire. Some of the other, there's like there, there's other, the other travelers. Yeah. Yeah. Other Harthians that are scattered throughout the solar system that you kind of run into throughout the game. Um, so they all kind of start to appear here and, what happens is you all collectively are detached from space and time in this one location and are coming to terms with the fact that the universe is about to end. And what it seems to imply is that you are influencing uh, the universe to have a, a new Big Bang and start anew. That seems to be what the end of the game is. It's you were trying to stop this time loop and stop the sun from exploding, but it's actually impossible. The sun is going to explode. The universe is going to end, but you somehow by discovering the eye of the universe, I heard this crazy theory about how it obviously the eye of the universe is this quantum thing. And obviously it can't observe itself. So it needs someone to observe it so that when, when it gives that it could be created new again. So yeah, that's how I understood it. It was was that it, it was the fact that you were observing the eye of the universe that restarted or made a new universe. Exactly. Um so yeah, basically a second big bang or who knows, this could be the millionth big bang, this could be the second big bang, this could be the 42nd big bang. There's no way of ever knowing. But you witness a big bang presumably you and everything in your universe is gone and then we get a thing uh like a post credit shot that's way 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 in the future and we see new planets we see a new race and one of the core themes of this game and like one of the nice little fun moments is anytime you're near a campfire you can pull out a marshmallow on a stick and roast it and eat it and it's just this fun little thing one of the last shots you see is a is a planet that's similar to your starting home planet with all the pine trees and there's a campfire and there's these bug mantis looking people 
Mm-hmm. And they're roasting mantis marsh- men. <laughs> they're they're roasting marshmallows, and then you see uh, a scouter, like the one you've been using to take pictures throughout the entire game, kind of fly in the orbit of the planets. So, did you know that only happens if you lose it in the ending sequence? Really, I didn't know that. Yeah. So normally that doesn't that doesn't happen, but if you you can there's a there's a point where you sh- you can shoot it out and then not retrieve it. And if that's what if that happens, uh, it it flies by. <laughs> oh, that's actually really cool. So then it's implied that it's your scouter. Yeah, it's like like huh. you shot it out into the new universe or something like kind of thing. And, it, yeah. and it's just been floating there the entire time. <laughs> that's crazy. So yeah, this game basically breaks down to you exploring uh, and uncovering the mysteries of an ancient alien race that were tampering with things greater than themselves you think that they are the cause of the problem at the start but the more you learn about them the more you realize that they discovered the problem and then were trying to fix it uh and then in the end what they were trying to fix and uh one ended up killing them is inevitable and you are more so influencing a new beginning as opposed to just witnessing the end of all things it's really really deep and all of this is just given through you through text that you have to go out and find yourself. There's no one sitting you down explaining this to you. A lot of it is missable. There's so many things in the game that I personally didn't go look and find. Um, a lot of the stuff I ended up going retroactively back afterwards and doing a lot of research to figure out to see all the cool stuff in the game. Yeah, same here. There's just so much here, man. It's it's a amazing wow. galaxy. It's universe, solar system. It's truly truly amazing i i love this game it's so hard to describe the immense sense of wonder that the game gives because it's like it's without and obviously we're talking about a you know spoiler filled discussion about this game uh which is pretty pointless since we're telling everybody don't listen to us and go play it instead you know (laughs) um we gave them the warning yeah it's true uh but it's just it's so, like I said, it's really hard to describe just how amazing the uh, the sense of exploration and discovery is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have one more song that I want to play for you guys. So this is the song. Is it called Average Fortnite Player Age? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, this is the song that, so as you slowly start to, at the very end of the game, once you're in the eye of the universe, and your friends all start to kind of gather around the campfire, um they each play a different instrument that throughout the game you have this thing called this uh what's the thing that lets you hear sounds does anyone know the exact name of it uh the sonoscope yeah the sonoscope so you can point it out at the stars and you can focus it's called the the outer wilds venture that's the initial group of harthians that set out into the the solar system to kind of explore it and each one has a uh, uh, their own personal instrument. There's someone with a banjo, a harmonica, uh, a f- it's like a bassoon or a flute or some kind, someone who plays the drums, someone who whistles, and you can point it at the stars and kind of focus in and hear them. And the idea is that, oh, my buddy's still out there somewhere. I can hear them playing their song. That means everything's okay with them. Um, so as you collect all these people at the end of the game, this song, you tell them, hey, you all know like this is the end of time. We're all going to die. Everything's going to be done. Let's enjoy this campfire and play one last song. And you hear them all play their instruments together. And it's very similar to that initial 
theme that you hear at the beginning, but it slowly builds up over time. It goes for a couple minutes, so I'm going to let it go for a couple minutes. If you guys want to skip past it once you get the general idea of it, feel free. But I'm going to play it out for a couple minutes and give it a listen. Uh, I feel like this song is the perfect cap to the game because it just it slowly builds up and becomes like the perfect embodiment of exploration and friendship and just i don't know i'm just gonna play it let let it speak for itself So, yeah. I forgot we were recording a podcast for a second. Right? It's just transcendent almost. And to think this is the final act of a group of space-loving explorers play, just playing a tune together around a campfire as the very last act of any living being in the galaxy, in the universe. It's like, it's this crazy, surreal thought. Like, imagine just being in this calm state where you just all right everything's over let's just play this song let's play ourselves out and it's just so it builds on itself so well with each instrument that's added um and because up until this point uh, you only hear the banjo drums flute uh whistle and harmonica but in this part the nomai is around the campfire the nomai you ran into on the quantum moon and they're using this weird staff and their weird technology to play what sounds almost like a piano to us, but it's a little bit different. Uh, and the way it just builds up and gets there and it goes on and then it gets to this big, crazy climax when the universe finally uh, explodes and creates the new Big Bang to create the new universe. Uh, it's wonderful. Yeah. This music is top notch. I love this game so much. 
It's um, way deeper than I ever thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's so much. Yeah. I heard so many people explaining, like, you have to play. It's amazing. And then other people were like, oh, I don't know. It's fine. And I I understand now why everyone's like, just go play this yeah. game. Go experience it. It's like I said, at first, I didn't get it. And so it took me, you know, a little while of exploring to be like, okay, this is something. There's there's stuff going on here. Absolutely. Um. All right. Let's do so, Go ahead, Derek. Hold on. Okay. Because <laughs> I think I'm about to blow your mind. Oh, okay. oh, here we go. So all the people around the campfire at the end don't exist. N- not there, particularly. I know the Nomai was talking about how she's pretty sure she's dead because on the quantum moon, like she's been there for very, very long with no sustenance or anything. She's like, I'm pretty sure I'm dead and just kind of like here. So she's she's definitely in some kind of quantum quantum state yeah uh but like when you when you, when they're all playing the song they're like ryback and and corp corpo and and fleeb they're not <laughs> they're not there physically playing the instruments they're all just your memories of them ah oh, that's right wow if you one of the things when this is where i think like the game really hit me was I think it's Ryback says to you when you talk if you talk to him before you observe the universe explode or you observe the eye of the universe he says like something like thank you for remembering me so like thank you kind of like it there could be some like yes they're there because your memories bring them into existence in this quantum state but I don't you know I'm not a a quantum physicist so I don't really know Uh, (laughs) but one of the things he says is uh, like um something it's something along the lines of like don't be sad that um we're like the memories of us will be gone because the unit like the universe is ending and it was something like like that we will always be remembered because of what because what we did allowed this the future to exist and it was a very that was like just a very like yeah like People always, you know, one of those things is is you live as long as the last person to remember you, mm. um, kind of stuff. And it's it's and it's like I, you know, it gets into this philosophical of of like, well, the the future, the future can never exist without without the past and us existing right now is our actions now are what persist, you know, create the future and allow the future to exist. You know, it's it definitely dives into that like philosophical thing. And I, you know, it made me, I know I, I like at the end, I felt like just a, I don't know. I don't know. Like a sigh of relief, not really even relief, but just of like the universe goes on. And even when the universe ends, it will still maybe go on, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. This game—it makes you think about things much bigger than yourself. Yeah, which I did not expect going in. Right? Um, okay. <laughs> let's. It just takes it deeper and deeper. Let's each give the game our rating uh, out of ten. Uh, Adam, are we start... including decimals? Point uh, fives. Point fives. We'll, okay. No, no point one through four, but we can do. <laughs> no so, point one. What four. about point six through nine? 
<laughs> you can always have 0.69. Um, Adam, <laughs> give me your rating of this game on a scale of 1 to 10 with 0.5s allowed. <laughs> Oof, uh, I'm going with a 9. What about you, Andrew? 9.5. Derek? 9.5. Guys, I'm giving it a 10. Damn. Wow. And you... <laughs> I don't like, you playing, don't even it. like playing it, <laughs> but that's, that's a personal thing. I can see past that personal thing for me. And like, <laughs> from, from a more objective standpoint, from an objective standpoint, it. this is a perfect video game. It's, it's pretty up there. There's just a mechanic that I personally don't like. I am retroactively making this my 2019 game of the year as well. Wow. <laughs> uh, over what? Uh, Jedi? Uh, over a Jedi fallen order. Yeah. I love Jedi Damn, fallen wow. order, but this I would, is uh, amazing. No. Yeah. I would, I guess I'd also do that. Because my game of the year before was um, Shovel Knight. Yeah. King of Cards. Yeah, this this will take the cake. And honestly, the only reason it's not a little higher for me is, did you guys use a controller? I'm just curious. Did I did. I, a... Yeah, I played on yeah. PS4. I started mouse yeah. and keyboard, and then I was like, this sucks. And yeah, it says, I didn't... the title yeah, it, screen it, it... at one point says, uh, play this with a controller. It was meant to be played with a controller. Yeah, so I used the keypad the entire time. Ooh, yeah, I can only imagine so how rough that, that must have been. But like, yeah, part of my own, my only like big complaint is like control wise. I thought it should have had a, a better way to land the ship. Uh, did you do the like, thing where was... you, you switch into the landing mode? Yeah, even then it was a little uh, a little hard. Yeah, Wait, you guys just don't slam into the planets as hard as you can. <laughs> and then ditch it. All right, I'll fix this later. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, all right, yeah. Good game. If you Such haven't played game. it and you listen to that and we didn't convince you, you have no soul. Um, <laughs> all right. It, it, I, well, I mean, if it. they just listened to it and they haven't played it, we kind of yeah. just ruined it for them. Yeah. Okay. I need to. So, if, so basically, if you're just cutting in now after we're done with the spoilers, this game makes you feel things. Go play it. It's so good. Um, I uh, have ended my yeah. screen share because I was about to bring up the trivia questions. Let's do trivia. <laughs> yeah. Now that you Wait, don't know. Uh, what? Do we do we pick the game afterwards? Oh, Derek, you're you're the guy. Oh, right, yeah, we're a new game. I have with me uh, the all hat, the Outer Wilds out of our system first. The Hat of Games. Okay. The Hat of Games. And the next game that we will be playing as a group for the Video Game Book Club is... <gasps> the Messenger. Hell yeah. Okay. This cool. is an 8 bit, 16 bit ninja Gaiden type game. I don't think it takes too long to beat. So maybe 11 hours. We'll have this uh, done in a couple weeks. We'll see. But yeah, we're going to be playing The Messenger next. That's exciting. It's a very cool. different game. Looking, I'm excited to do something different. I'm looking different. forward to this one. Yeah, for sure. I think it'll be really fun. I just found it on and, Steam. Uh, it's interesting. I have it installed on my computer because I got it for free on the Epic Games Store. I got it for free oh. through Twitch Gaming for having nice. Amazon Prime. Uh, it's uh, also on Switch. Well, to follow oh, up Switch? your picking, yes. I kind of want to Switch. Yes. I need, I need a new Switch game. Yeah, you, you can go. play this on Switch. Uh, it's Jeff. also for free on Game Pass. <laughs> uh, it is? I have that too. Yeah. <laughs> Very accessible game. Uh, to follow up, to now randomize and select the game that will be replacing it in our hat. Uh, we can do that uh, on our own time. Uh, I felt like it would have been cool to tie it in now. Nah. All right. What's in the hat needs I'll to let be you a know secret. Exactly. It needs to be a secret to Does the it? listeners. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Fine by me. Okay. Who's ready for trivia? Let's do it. 
Let's do it. I'm ready. A D. Judging judging by how much I didn't remember from uh, just talking about from it. My explanation. I'm gonna be ass at this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I. It's surprisingly hard to make trivia for this game without it being all obvious. It's either you went, you saw the thing, or you didn't see the thing. So I feel like you saw most of the things. Question number one: What is the name of the planet you start on? <laughs> we said the name. I sure did. All right. We're gonna start with Adam. For the love of God, I can't remember the exact name. It's I, uh, I know we're, we're Hearthians, so it's Hearth something. Hearthstone? No, it's not. <laughs> do, you, do you have a definitive guess? Ah, shit. It's Hearth something. I can't remember the end part. I just no. played this yesterday. Nothing? No guess? Uh, uh, hearth. Just Hearth. Derek? Timber Hearth. Andrew? That's the one. Uh, it's going down. I'm yelling at Timber Hearth. It is Timber Hearth. <laughs> I Andrew, forgot the Port first part. Derek. Yeah, we said it in the episode. Question number two: Who is the harmonica playing Hearthian lost in Dark Bramble? Oh, Derek mm. said those guys' names too. I he, he did not say this. But I did not name. say this one. Yeah, this guy's name <laughs> oh, did really? not come up. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, well then, uh, oops. Andrew, you want to go first? <laughs> You're gonna give me a little more time than that. Uh, okay. <laughs> going to help. <laughs> okay. Um, he plays a harmonica, and he's a legend, and he's lost in Dark Bramble. They thought he was dead. Surprise, he's not. What's his name, Andrew? Go. Tim. Adam. Ah, shit. I I found him too. What's his name? It begins with, It begins with an M, I think. Okay. What is it? Mike, I got nothing, man. Derek? Feldspar. His name That's is old. Feldspar. Ah, see, I remember that now. <laughs> What's the little drummer guy's name? Ch- Chode? Chod? Ch- Chub or something Chode? like that? <laughs> Dude, it's something. It's, yeah, it's it's a good Chob, one. Chob, I think. Ch- Chobe? It might be Chobe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, question number three. This is another one we had brought up, and I expect all of you to get. How long is the time loop? <laughs> I have this, yes. Adam, how long is the time loop? It's 22 minutes. Andrew? 22. Derek? 22. Points for everybody. I'm not a failure. Question number four. Where can you find the quantum tower of knowledge? Like what planet? Yes. Which planet can you find the quantum tower of knowledge? Um, We're going to go with Adam for this one first. Uh, is, Is that the one on Brittle Hollow? Andrew. Giants Deep. Derek. Brittle Hollow. It is the one on Brittle's Hollow. Andrew, you yeah. are th- wait, you, what? You are thinking of the quantum tower of not knowledge, the other one. There's two quantum towers. Yeah. Uh, are there? Uh, yeah, motherfucker. The one yeah. where you like learn about how it works. That's yeah. the one Look, on look yeah, at the deep. Tower of Quantum Trials. Yes. Quantum and, Trials, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the Tower of Quantum Knowledge is on Brittle Hollow, which is yeah. the with the black hole in it. Which is very cool. Yes. The, fir- the first time you fall in that black hole, you're like, I'm going to die. And then you get shot out and you look behind you and there's this white yeah. hole that you can't re-enter. And you're like, what is happening? It's so good. Um, oh, then you crash into that station and die. Yeah. Like I did. Question number five. What do you need to do to travel with a quantum item? So this is one of the, the quantum rules. Uh, how does one travel with a quantum item? Uh, I'm 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 gonna start with Andrew on this one. 
be in complete darkness. Adam? I thought it was you always had to be looking at it. Derek? I'm gonna, I said stand on it and turn off your flashlight. I'm going to give points yeah. to both Andrew and Derek. Yes. Uh, oh, darkness trick. So okay. you need to quantumly entangle yourself with it, so just be in contact with it, and then remove all light from yeah. the item, and then it will travel Stop and you'll travel with it. Stop yeah. observing it, I think, is like the correct, the, the scientific term, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, Derek... I felt like being in contact with it was implied. So. D- Derek gets a perfect score. Five points. Yes. Yeah, he did. And he gets the bonus. Bonus question. How many years in the future does the last scene of the game take place? I didn't get that. Ah, uh, well, judging from the recommended YouTube videos on I was your hoping you didn't see screen. that. <laughs> I'm going to go last. Uh, Adam, no guess? Uh, 100,000 years. Derek? I said zero. billion. That is correct. I saw that while I was listening to the video. I was like, ah, shit. I hope no one saw that, but you saw it. You fucked, you idiot. You get a bonus point for quantumly quantumly observing my YouTube stream. (laughs) (laughs) Observing my YouTube stream. (laughs) All right. That brings us to the end of this episode. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being here and talking about this. I really like this game. I think it's going to persist in my memory for a very long time i gotta Um, go finish it yeah definitely go back i like part of me wants to go back and explore and read some of the things i didn't get to read i'll send you guys the link to that youtube series too that goes really in depth with everything with the nomai it's very cool yeah like from what you guys have told me i have yet to see like most of these secrets because actually i found yeah yeah, yeah. so get this i found the vessel I didn't know there's a warp core you need, so now I gotta go find that. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think you're as close to the end of the game as you think you were. Did you? I, I'm not. Did you go to the Quantum Moon yet? Uh, I haven't visited it. No. So yeah, there's okay, a lot yeah, more. You, than you gotta go to the Quantum Moon. Dude, but after I was done playing this game and I was playing other games, I think Resident Evil. Every time I interacted with anything, I expected it to say your ship's log has been updated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Feel free to check out our website, thegamesharks.com, where you can check out some of our cool articles that we write, including Andrew's recent uh, dive into the Assassin's Creed series from the beginning. Follow us on Instagram. We are Game Sharks Podcast over there. We post a new cool picture every week with each episode. And if you have any questions or comments about anything that we talked about or any cool trivia questions for us, send it our way at GameSharksPodcast at Yahoo.com. Thank you very much. Uh, And one one final tidbit. I've been downloading The Witcher this entire episode, and it's still not done. Yeah. Internet. Woo! Welcome to life. Um, All right. (laughs) That's the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.